1: The garbage dump everybody. This is the Friday Night yeah. Dump. It's a different kind of podcast, like it's, it's ninety nine. Yeah. We're gonna basically, don't stay on topic. Basically, we, were, we definitely will not be staying on top. Basically what happened was Phil and I realized there are some movies that happened in nineteen ninety nine or came out in nineteen ninety nine that just aren't worthy of the real feed. They're just they're just total fucking trash. But we do have a mandate here to do every do. single episode. Yeah. And we are going to dump these pieces of trash on, <laughs> on Friday nights.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: Friday, whenever. whenever on Friday. Um the 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 gloves will be off.
3: The gloves are off for uh, things like this. Yeah,
1: I mean, we may have guessed, we may not, yeah, but this these, these are going to be shorter episodes. Um, they may be good movies. We have no idea. We're going to schedule the dumps yeah. before. We're going to assume the worst. Hey, and maybe we'll be surprised if there's a Dudley Do Right in the bunch. a Dudley Do Right in the bunch, but. Today's episode coming coming at you straight from a Nymphomaniacs Anonymous meeting. Yeah. I'm Kenny Nybart. I'm good. And this is podcast like it's 1999. <laughs> We're doing the out-of-towners. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> like you've all wanted. We're doing the out-of-towners.
3: Jesus Christ, this movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, I this is the type of film that uh, I turned it on and immediately was like, it felt like a relic even in ninety nine. Like this doesn't yeah. feel like a movie that actually exists in ninety this is an eighties or seventies esque kind of comedy. That's yes, yeah. it's trying to be that. But comedy I, of I errors bears or some shit. It had the
1: feel of um a movie that had been uh filmed in the early nineties and shelved for like seven years mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then came out in ninety nine, but it's actually only filmed in ninety seven. Yeah. Um, I I always get I it mean, confused with uh it's a, it's the dirtiest. I I always get yeah. it confused with um uh-huh. with Town of Country. Yeah. yeah. Yeah Which was also a massive embarrassing bomb. Yeah, well that was Did Warren Beatty directed Warren, that, right? Warren, Warren Beatty. Yeah.
3: And that movie uh I think it cost like hundred and fifty and like That was mid, kind of like the beginning of the end for him. Fifteen. Right? He was so old. I mean like was that past Bullworth? That was after Bullworth. Yeah, that was like yeah. basically the last Bullworth was the last good did. movie that he did. I think Bullworth's a good movie.
1: I, I don't do know too. people think Bullworth's a good movie. I think that you think people think it's good?
3: Yeah, I think it's a, uh, I, I think What's it's a, a it? great movie. You I have not have watched take it, it All in a long of,
1: time. I watched it recently. I just have
3: to like kind of accept its what problematic it is. premise to a certain degree. I don't know if it's, it's problematic. I it's, hate that that word has sort of been turned into something else.
1: Right. It. It's not really a problem, and it's not the the premise isn't even all that problematic. It's just. Really awkward. bizarre, awkward. It's really the yeah. right word. Yeah. Like, it's really an awkward thing to see Warren Beatty yeah. rapping his way through this movie. Yes, but if you can get past that, which like get past that.
3: Also, like think, <laughs> no, like, think about how. Over it. I mean, yes, yes to that. And also, like, how crazy it is for him to do that. Like the the con- not yeah. just the confidence, but like it's it's a really ballsy movie, and it's ninety eight. Is that ninety eight? That was ninety eight.
0: really so missed it.
3: We just missed it, but like it was kind of a blip of a movie too. Like the soundtrack was big. This isn't an episode about Bullworth necessarily, but I do think that, babe, we could do whatever we want. <laughs> I do think that that movie, um, showed real kind of balls and it did. And I, it and did. it's kind of a bummer that, that Warren Beatty sort of is just, is just nothing anymore. You know? So do you, are the guy that gave the Oscar to La La Land when they didn't
1: win it. Oh yeah. It wasn't his fault. <laughs> No, I know. Uh, but, uh. I just like that he I faced know. it and he was
3: like, all right. I guess we'll just, <laughs> like, I don't understand. No, he, whatever. no,
1: he was, he was right. You know, he was. He stood there and didn't say anything. And Faye Dunaway was like, you moron. It says La La Land right there. But it doesn't. It did. It said Emma Stone La La Land. Oh, it was the wrong. Oh, I see. It was the wrong card. So it was, they gave them Emma. So what happens is, for those of you who don't know. Yeah, cause I don't really know. A understand. couple of years ago. <laughs> no. So when, when Moonlight beat, la la land what happened was and I'm, I'm sure about this there are two sides of the stage mm-hmm. and they have cards on each side of the stage they've all the duplicate car- cards yes they have okay. all the cards on each side of the stage interesting for seems what seems like a because <laughs> presenters come out from both sides uh, so they just want to be prepared for both sides okay so what happened was they gave them the Emma Stone card from because she's just one best award. actress mm-hmm. and they gave her the Emma Stone card from the previous award and when they opened it up i think I don't think Faye Dunaway did anything stupid. Like I felt either like, of them did anything. I else don't seriously. think I, I think they both had reasonable reactions to opening this up and seeing Emma Stone La La Land. Like I think Warren Beatty rightfully was like, "This is the wrong card," and he didn't say anything. Yes, and I think Faye Dunaway was like, "They obviously like just put in the wrong La La Land card." Sure,
3: and it's I like, also wonder if they were like, "La La Land is probably going to win Best Picture anyway," so they figured like they had a good shot. Of, I, I mean, they could have been right. It's the point of trying to make. They could have
1: been right. And then I love that. I love because it's really it's so crazy. It's the best. It's the best thing. I mean, like it was also we've never talked about this. Mm. It was the best thing for La La Land.
3: A hundred percent. By a million. By a. Yes.
1: Do You realize La La Land has the most nominations of it's, any movie ever. It's crazy. Um,
3: I think La La Land is. And I do think that. We were a little unfair to La La Land, as unfair as we're going to be on, on Out of Towners probably, or maybe, maybe no, more so. No, more unfair to La La I, Land. <laughs> I do think that, so I remember, and I think you had a similar, maybe not, I don't know. I saw La La Land at a screening, I don't know, about two, three weeks you before saw, it came out. You
1: saw it pretty early.
3: Yeah, I saw it like two or yeah, three weeks beforehand. I remember. And uh, it was right after the election, and I was just like, this is the, ha- I, this is the happiness I needed on a screen right now, and... I really enjoyed it. It was just a really nice, fun, sweet movie. And I predicted Moonlight would win. You did. I did. This Post, was post-election. Months,
1: yes. Months, yes, yes. months before it happened. Because we both, we were coming at it from the same, like the election is going to change this. I think people are going to want a film that like, yeah you know, kind of, I think people are going to want a film that highlights marginalized people. Yeah. And you thought people are going to want a film that makes people forget about what's happening for two hours.
3: Right. And, and ultimately I think that people kick the shit out of La La Land because of you know, the the sort of not just the acclaim, but like just the vibe and everyone kind of being on board with this movie. It's the, 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 the backlash you get when you're kind of the front runner, for lack of a better way of putting it.
1: Especially when you're the front runner and you're not a movie with much right. of a message. Right. Right. right, right. Um, or your message is flawed like Green Books. Right. So if you're a right. movie that's kind of frothy, you're kind of flawed and you're the front runner, you're fucked from the jump. Yeah, You're really fucked. Yeah. when you're up against the movie that's like w- as powerful as moonlight, moonlight was. Was.
3: and then moonlight wins which i to your i agree with you 100% helps la la land in terms of its future makes me like it makes me it, it makes it okay like yes. there was something about yes la la
1: i remember railing against la la land at the time being like this movie's garbage yeah. it would have been on our dump was- but but um, I remember railing against it, and as yeah. soon as it lost, I'm like, "Oh God, all that weight of like having it <laughs> yeah. win over yeah. movies that I think are better and more yeah. important is are off." And now I think La La Land's a great movie.
3: I think La La Land is a is I'm, a is a very nice, fun movie, which yeah, is what, right it, what it ever what it's what it should have always been. And I, I think that. History will probably be kinder to it now because of its situation. Um, It would have been the artist. And for what it's worth, yeah,
1: I'm obviously wrong here. Like, obviously, Mm -hmm. you should judge a movie based on its merits. So I want that out there. Like, like, uh, you know, irrespective of how it did in awards or even box office or anything, you should just – if you like a movie, you like a movie, have the guts to say it. But I can't deny that there was something inside of me that was – that was like this big wall, mm-hmm. a lot for stopping me from really embracing the totally movie true. until that wall was down, and then I really did just embrace it, it, for, it for what it is.
3: For what it is, and that's and that's sort of, it's a movie that just should have never risen to the ranks of where it got. It should have always just been a really nice, fun rom-com musical with two big movie stars, and was just a nice, fun movie like Forrest Gump. It should be it, <clears throat> Forrest Forrest Gump should have just been a not nice an 800 movie. million dollar behemoth just a nice yeah. movie <clears throat> I agree with you
1: just 100%. a just a, a movie yes. that we just could enjoy yes. Yes. and now like I've got I've I've had so much so many ups and downs with that movie same you know, like the.
3: Did you listen? Do you listen to
1: uh, Best I, Pick? No, but I will. Actually, you know what? I just started the '94, but I haven't gotten the Forrest Gump part Forest Gump, great best podcast. The <laughs> Best Pick. If you like this one, you will like that one better. They have British accents. <laughs> yeah, they sound. They just sound
3: classier. God. Even when they're like shitting all I, over a movie, it's like, oh, you guys are I really I love that. About it. I really, I love the way they yeah, talk. It's really I, great. Also, the structure of it. You must love the rules that exist within that podcast. I do.
1: Yeah, it's, it's so great. for me. Yeah. It's an amazing. It's a really podcast. good podcast. Yeah. But and, and as you know. I'm I'm furthest thing from an Anglophile, but uh, but they they they've really made me think that there are, are at least three British people worth knowing.
3: Yeah, at least at least. At most. Uh, the out of towners. Um, I'm just gonna give the the synopsis. I want to say one more thing about oh, Bowe. Sure, sure, he actually like
1: did pretty well in terms of box office critical stuff. Uh, it was nominated for best uh original screenplay mm-hmm. at the Oscars uh, and the Writers Guild Writers Guild. Yeah. Uh, and Golden Globes nominated for Best Picture and Actor, both musical and comedy, but still mm-hmm. like you know it yeah. wasn't left out of the room. Um, the best screenplay, the screenplay won at Los Angeles Film Critics Award, Chicago Film Critics, uh, the Satellite Award for Best Actor, and um, amazingly won Be- the Venice Film Festival for Best Film. Hmm. So like it was really well received.
3: Yeah, I, yeah, I and didn't the, mean to insinuate that yeah. that it, it
1: was. I, don't think I you guess were, were, but I, I think it's more. I, I, yeah. I was me. You said you liked it. And I, I was go, me. Did people yeah. like it? Yeah. I guess they I did. Think it's, I think I it's a wrong. movie
3: that – 98 was kind of a weird year. Um, Out of sight will always sort of be the 98 movie that I that I kind of always remember um, for whatever that's worth. Uh, and I do remember Bullworth getting good reviews. I remember I saw it in the theater. I remember that it, it was awkward and I was uncomfortable having this little white guy rapping at me through the whole movie. Um, I, but it it's was, a good movie. It was, it was that he was old and that he was Warren Beatty. Yes, but um, I, I guess the other thing I wanted to say about Warren Beatty really quickly is I think there is a fulcrum point, a fork in the road for him that approached him in the early 2000s, and he he didn't take Kill Bill. He was that role was apparently written for him, uh, and uh, he didn't want to do it. But you know, he's only made one movie mm-hmm.
1: since Town and Country.
4: Yeah, I mean, as a per- yes. as rules
1: a, don't apply. Rules don't apply in any capacity right he wasn't as an yes. actor yes. No, or I director yeah. or producer or anything so he's really
3: he's he's, he's stepped away from hollywood chilling yes. for 20 years no
1: i, I get it while I get. his wife is in a movie every, every, other day. every other
3: day he's just i guess he's just done being a movie star and, and doesn't want to do it anymore which listen I, I i respect it i understand it i guess my point I is i love his career that kill bill would have been just the perfect cherry on top of the whole thing i think i'd like to see him do one more it's a, it's but, a, it's yeah. a henry Fonda not golden pond thing yeah, like just maybe. one
1: more, and then that obviously wouldn't be that movie yes, because we yes. would never make that movie today. But one more, just kind yeah. of like, you know, what it's kind of, it's kind of Paul Newman who wrote a Perdition.
3: Yeah. That's a perfect you example. Know? I, and, and I just, I, maybe part of it, if I'm being honest, I think part of it is he doesn't want to be a supporting player.
1: He, I don't know if he ever really has.
3: That's the thing. Like he's always been the top of the culture. Wow. So he's just, he's, he, I think he just always wants to be a leading man and he just never wanted to play second fiddle.
1: He's as, he's, he's as movie star, movie star as I
3: can think of. That's why it's like, I just don't think, whereas Paul Newman was just like, he, you know.
1: And I love that this dude just comes out and directs. I mean, his first movie director was having him wait, which was like very, very popular, but also a remake. Reds. He just comes out and makes this like magnum opus um, that, you know, he won best director for. Like, It's incredible to me. And about something that was, you know, really meaty. Like, a really important movie. Mm -hmm. So, cool. He's a cool dude. He's a cool guy. Uh, So is Steve Martin.
3: I wanted to talk to you about the Steve Martin Goldie Hawn of it all. Um, I don't know Steve Martin as well as other people do. I like Steve Martin. There's a handful of his movies that I've seen that I enjoy. Um, But... You know, and I, and I like some of his SNL stuff. Um, he's you know, only co- as
1: a guest, right? He's not, He was never on in the cast. Oh,
3: okay. Yeah. Well, there. I mean, he's guest know hosted a ton, but. Uh, he's very, very funny. I like Steve Martin. I find him very likable. Um, but I can't say that I'm, that, you know, I'm not a completist. I haven't seen all of his movies. Um, and the ones that I like are perhaps sort of off the beaten path a little bit more. What do you like? Um, well, I love. Bowfinger, which we're going to cover at some Mm -hmm. point. Um, L.A. Story, I really like. Mm -hmm. Parenthood, I really love. Like, I'm not sort of like like the jerk. I don't really get it. That's amazing. I I know people love it. I just I for whatever reason I maybe need to watch it again. I don't know. It just never really hit me. Planes, Trains, Automobiles, great movie. He's great in it.
4: He,
1: for a guy, it's hard to explain this. He always is playing. It feels like he's always playing the same character. And yet Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He can he's always smart. He can adapt that to the jerk who's a literal idiot, <laughs> or someone like in the in, in the Spanish prisoner, or in yeah. Dirty Rotten
3: Scoundrels. Or the dad in Parenthood. Where he's yeah. well, yeah, I mean where he's like yeah, the yeah. smartest guy in the yeah, room, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. which he is. Yeah. He's very clearly the smartest guy in the room normally.
3: Yeah.
1: Um or Parenthood, where he's incredibly sweet. Now, I just watched both Cheaper by the Dozens with Cheaper is by the dozen, with with your kids, <laughs> with my kids. They like he, yeah, they're just they're just Parenthood riffs, um, sure. and he's the same, and he's great, and he's mm-hmm. Steve Martin, and he's wonderful. Um, it's not like he's watchable. The Goldie Goldie Hunter, they're watchable, but like God, does this movie just?
3: Well, this movie does them a enormous disservice. I, here's I don't what know I can where say, to start with this, which thing. is that like so they are both. 80s comedy icons right they are yes they 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 are are 80s comedy movie stars and i'm
1: comedy brands
3: sure and i'm and you are very young in the 80s yes um you being younger than me but still i don't really like so i wasn't on that train and if i was it was peripheral so like I knew who they existed, but I was like I was you know younger than ten years old. So like how much did I really retain of their existence? I've gone back and watched some of their movies from that time, but for the most part, they're sort of that's why this movie feels so out of time. It doesn't make any sense. it, like, wouldn't, it wouldn't have helped you. No, I don't think it would have. But I just mean in the sense that like so house sitter. I never saw house sitter. I know it exists. I saw it in theaters. Did you? Yes. Did you like it? Yeah, I I, I think I
1: have seen. Almost every Steve Martin movie. I think you probably have. Like come to think of it. And Goody like,
3: Han too, like you're off. Well you're,
1: no, because you know Private Benjamin and I've and, seen Private Benjamin okay. and Wildcats and Overboard. Oh, oh, yeah, these them. are movies we watched, in my family. Yeah, um I, I, for was, whatever reason. Like we we always liked these two actors.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh and My I parents had, did too. I just for whatever reason I just wasn't exposed I to
1: them. just I Steve Steve Martin to me has always kind of been like Stephen Colbert. Like effortlessly brilliant. Yep, right? Yep, like yep. effortlessly yep. almost almost brilliant where you can't even comprehend. Even when he's playing stupid, the stupidity is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm floored by him. I'm floored by him in conversation. I'm yeah. floored by his music. I'm floored by his banjo playing. I'm floored by like, <laughs> just, just the way he like occasionally steps out and plays the banjo and he's yeah. like, a, a, like a normal person yeah. for a second. I'm floored by the fact that like, he he's <clears throat> able to take really, really stupid fucking bits like King Tut or the arrow through his head and like work that into something really funny. He's... uh. He's a remarkable, remarkable guy. I love him in Planes, change and Automobiles, more or less playing the straight man.
3: Um, I like Minutes It's Complicated. I like him in It's Complicated, which is more or less a yeah. romance that's straight. straight. It's a straight romance. Yeah. Um, He's a very, to your point. Um, and it's funny because I was talking to Mel about this the other day. Uh, we were watching uh, Working Girl was on. Amazing, great movie. Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting how there's sort of there's two modes to Harrison Ford. There's like action movie Harrison well, and Ford, and then there's Sabrina, and then there's like drama, working girl, right? Working girl, regarding Henry, witness, you know yeah. what have you? Which is not my favorite, but but I guess he's always Harrison Ford, and yet he's not. And I feel like it's sort of similar with Steve Martin, which is that like you never kind of feel like he's not Steve Martin. It never feels like he's playing a character, right? Yeah, you know, Harrison I mean? Ford sometimes feels like he's playing a character you think so i mean i guess like
1: i think han solo i think han solo and indiana jones are like i don't think they're they're like hats he wears yeah i don't think they're two sides of the same coin i think they're two distinct characters yeah even though they're like very similar you know he likes one of them
3: more than the other though pretty clearly but yeah he likes indy Indy. i like indy more than han solo i think but there's more dimension to him right but um this is all sort of a long way of saying that i guess i watched this film and I found myself embarrassed <laughs> for the people involved in that. I know that sounds shitty and harsh, but it's only because there's stuff here. Like it's not. It, this isn't this isn't the type of thing that that couldn't have been at the very least, you know, a B comedy. But right. instead, you you're seeing like the the movie kind of like goes into weirdly edgy places but doesn't commit. It's a very desperate movie. (laughs) It's um,
1: yeah. It's comedy done by people who uh, it's comedy done by obviously Goldie Hawn and Steve Martin and John Cleese know what they're doing. And they're like, where's Mark? McKinnon knows what he's doing. Like there are people who know what they're doing, but, but whoever wrote this, you don't know who wrote this. No, I know Neil Simon wrote the original, but like,
3: here's the best part. You're going to love this. Oh no. Yeah. It's Mark Lawrence. Okay. Who did forces of nature in the same year. He yeah. did two movies about the perils of transportation.
1: Honestly, it was, <laughs> Forces of Nature was, was in my head a lot during this because they're both movies that don't know how to tell a joke. Forces of Nature is a better movie than this. Oh, I agree with that. Um, but <laughs> Forces of Nature at least has like a perspective. Force of Nature has has there there's, there there's, yeah. Yes, and, and 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 it's a world, and and yeah. there's there's something going on there. It's um, also not
3: like this movie is broadly comedic and embarrassing. Embarrassed, but they are swinging for the fences. It feels like on clams, like bad jumps That's what.
1: Ultimately, these are just the. You're, you're right in that it easily could have been a B, with decent jokes. Yeah, and it would have been a B today because this movie was basically made. It was date night with Tina Fey and Steve Carell. Totally, and that's a B. Mm-hmm. B because those two, like, I just yeah. think maybe they had more power. Who the fuck knows? Like, they're not capable. I think of, of being this bad.
3: They're also, and I say and this I with all due he, respect, he, Yeah, they're younger. Not that much younger. Tina Fey and Steve Carell date night age to these, I, I think there's 15 mid-40s years. Mid-40s versus mid-50s. I think. My, and I, the only reason I bring that up is because it, there's, a, there's a little bit of a fire in the belly of Steve Carell and Tina Fey in date night. And there's no fire in their belly for this movie. They're like, what is my mark? How do I fucking, what, where? It just, they're, it's just, it's they're just not really giving it.
1: It's just hard for me to believe
3: Steve Martin in particular, yeah, would ever mail it in this much. He's, I mean, I don't know that he's totally mailing it in, or if it's honestly to your point, the direction. I mean, the director, Sam Weissman, who uh, Mighty Ducks, um, Mighty Ducks too. Mighty like, X2. this guy's this guy's, yeah, George of the Jungle.
1: He's not, which I, mean, I guess people think is pretty good, but yeah, like, that's he's how do you even get,
3: but he doesn't do anything after this, is my point. Like, this movie is a big, does a big lot of TV. Yeah, it's a big failure financially and he's kind of in movie jail after this. And you have to wonder whether or not maybe there is something to be said for the direction is bad and and Steve and Goldie are just like taking the director at his word and just doing it the way he wants them to do it and it's just not landing. Seems like it. It could very well be it. Seems like it. Yeah. I'm going to give a synopsis because no one's seen this fucking movie. Uh, No, no one's seen this this movie. This movie movie doesn't exist. Are people Uh, aware of this movie? I think people are vaguely aware of It's a remake of of, of a Jack Lemmon movie, Neil Simon, Jack Lemmon film from the 70s. Yeah,
1: it's Neil Simon's first screenplay first. Right. In that he didn't adapt one of his own plays. Right. And um, I don't know that much about Neil Simon, except I I think Neil Simon's going to be lost to time. I think Neil Simon- Probably. I think Neil Simon, it's not that he's like, you know, problematic or anything like that. Mm Mm-hmm. But I think he kind of chronicled a world, or had a worldview mm-hmm. that isn't even from a place of like problem or privilege. It's just it's so in- cloistered. It's just so it's just so insignificant at this point. Well, now it is. It's just like right. It's just they're not. It's not even. It's just insignificant. Mm-hmm. These like. These like light, these like light domestic squabbles, mm-hmm. that were so popular, so popular for forever, for fifty years. Neil Simon put a play on Broadway, good or bad, mm-hmm. and it was a hit. Do you know how hard that is? There are one or two hits on Broadway every year. So like, time. it's a it, no. It's it's not. It's like Angela Weber, There's a horrible Angela Weber joke in this. And I, Andrew, I actually kind of find that. Andrew there's Webber a funny there. Angela Weber joke in this. <laughs> And Angela like, Le- the only Angeloid Webber was able to do that it became a brand name and every year he put something uh, or every time yes. he put something out it didn't matter if it was good or bad mostly yes. bad occasionally good um, it was a big hit and ran for years and years and years but most plays and musicals on Broadway don't last for more than a few months mm-hmm. so if you can do that it's incredible but if you asked me why Neil Simon was so popular the only thing I could think of is like
3: uh, attrition like <laughs> muscle memory um people really really loved him now i also do think that it does tap to what you were talking about a little bit of of there is white privilege there is sort of that he he is speaking to a certain demo that yes and he he yeah. died only last year which is kind of amazing too but like well i don't know why and maybe this is a, but unfair that, what
1: i was gonna say there's nothing wrong with that yeah. in and of itself it's not like the plays of like um uh you know arthur miller are 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 disregarded at this point like arthur miller couldn't be edward albee like the, edward albee like who's afraid of virginia wolf is a domestic squabble squ- yeah it's a, it's, a, it's a domestic drama about two white couples mm-hmm. both privileged both upset with their you know well really just the older couple upset with their lot in life and just being mean to each other and it still fucking plays eugene o'neill plays still play there's yeah. something about Neil Simon. It's a tonal thing. Mm-hmm. It's just a tonal thing of where he lived that had like that, – that had like roots in like early television and late vaudeville and like had just like a little sense of like this Jewish guilt thing and a little sense of like this immigrant experience. But it really just doesn't play. It's- and I also say – I would also say – sorry to cut you off. Mm-hmm. I would also say Woody Allen just like destroyed his spot.
3: For sure. Sure. Like Woody Allen, we went somewhere different with it and kind of deeper and better. I don't know why, and this maybe is an unfair correlation, but I I kind of think of of Mike Nichols and and Neil Simon as as existing in a similar space for a time, and then Mike Nichols and and Elaine May obviously do their own thing and they become their own, um, you know. uh,
1: I think they came out but, of yes, they came out of the same kind of world. They came yeah. out of this like your show of show intellectual Carl Reiner, yeah. you know, this early these early yeah. comedian things of Woody Allen came from the same yeah. place. Um yeah, Neil Simon. Was, yeah. Like look, the guy had like the he's like one of the five most successful playwrights of all time and like I haven't heard the case that we're making now be made. So probably I'm probably <laughs> totally wrong. I don't know. But like you couldn't remake a or you couldn't revive a uh, Neil Simon play right now, with the exception of The Odd Couple, and have anyone give a shit? Well, he
3: tried. And They did The Odd Couple too, and that was a big old disaster. Yeah, I just—I mean, on Broadway. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm just speaking. Um, I'm speaking to sort of because he actually was approached apparently by Paramount to to do this, and he was like, "I'm good." He did The Odd Couple too, I guess, yeah. a couple years previous, and it was a disaster. And he was like, "I'm good. I don't need to do this anymore." um but so anyway so this is a a remake of that film uh the synopsis with the children out of the house henry played by steve martin and nancy clark played by goldie hahn head to new york city to embrace their cosmopolitan dreams henry has set up a job interview with an advertising firm and nancy hopes to add some spice to their marriage but nothing goes according to plan for the couple as they endure lost luggage muggers a different desk clerk sorry a defendant uh, desk clerk played by uh, John Cleese and a disastrous tour of the city that never sleeps and won't leave them alone The Out of Towners opened on April 2nd 1999 in third place with 8.2 million dollars against The Matrix and 10 Things I Hate About You would go on to make 28 million on a 75 million dollar budget it has 27% on Rotten Tomatoes from critics and 32 from audiences that's just that's your Steve Martin Goldie Hawn effect to a certain extent it definitely is because yeah, I don't know who else is seeing this fucking thing uh ebert was i think he was pretty spot on about this this film actually um he said uh he gave it one and a half stars the out-of-towners jogs doggedly on the treadmill of comedy working up a sweat but not getting much of anywhere it's a remake of the 1970 Neil Simon screenplay with Steve Martin and Goldie Hawn taking the roles played by Jack Lemmon and Sandy Dennis the most valuable addition to the cast is John Cleese as the hotel manager he's doing his character from Faulty Towers but at least it's a role worth repeating uh, John Cleese who perhaps has a hand in the precise wording of some of his own dialogue. I don't know uh, which spins easily, e- possibly which spins easily between ingratiating toadiness and loathsome sneering. Uh, there are a few things there are a few things funnier than Cleese playing a snob who's pretending to be a Democrat. But even some of the movie's surefire ideas don't seem to work. There's a moment, for example, when the clerks are caught in a compromising position in Central Park and are suddenly hit with spotlights and seen by dozens of people inside Tavern on the Green, including Mayor Rudy Giuliani, yeah, playing himself. Drop ten points because yeah, that. just for that, just for that alone. Uh, incredible as it may seem, this is not funny. Can you believe that? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's not. Uh, As it became increasingly clear, the out-of-towners was not a proud moment in the often inspired careers of Martin and Han. I started looking for evidence of little moments of genius that the stars may have slipped into the crevices of the movie on their own. Surely it was Martin's idea to suggest renting advertising space on the tongues of dogs to tattoo the word Alpo. Sure. Yeah.
1: That might have been the worst joke in a funny movie. Yeah. Instead of the best joke in an unfunny movie. Yeah.
3: I think the other person worth talking about with this film and this sort of being one of the death knells of his career is Robert Evans. Yeah. Who produced this movie. Um, again, this is just a bunch of people kind of going through the motions thinking that they still have it. And I just don't like, why would Robert Evans produce this movie in 99? Like He had nothing going on. I guess. I guess that's fair. He, guess like that's he had fair. nothing going on. The, I, I think this is this is
1: actually a little more instructive. Uh, this is a um, this this is um, a cautionary tale.
3: <laughs> it is whether to burn out or fade away.
1: <laughs> it's a, no, it's a cautionary tale about the uh, about reaching too far for IP. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just
3: yeah you think we'd be there by now but yeah
1: we're we're close right <laughs> yeah. but this in 1999 i think they they started to run out of like the ip they were comfortable using sure you know mm-hmm. and we've seen it a lot like we just saw it with our in next week's dump <laughs> which will which will preview at the end of this Take something that should not have been adapted and adapts <laughs> A, it
3: literally an unadaptable book yes
1: and adapts it because they're just reaching for, <laughs> for ip anything. because on one hand in 1999 you have all these genius auteurs doing things that we can't believe on the other hand you have all these people like with it you know with their their fine their, their final dying breaths pulling out the out-of-towners <laughs> that no one cares about and like, you know, with all due respect, I throw like Thomas Crown yeah. Affair in there too. God damn it. But that's like, not,
3: that's not true.
1: <laughs> it's not true. But no, Thomas Crown Affair at least was considered to be a pretty good movie. The, the thing about this is this wasn't even, a this, good,
3: yeah, this wasn't, this wasn't worthy the, of remake. Even
1: the Out of Towners 1970, which chronicled a date. The whole thing is so fucking crazy. All right. So the whole thing with Out of Towners 1970 was that they were from Ohio and they were going to New York and New York was like New York of 1970 <laughs> where people got mugged every day yeah. and where Times Square was nothing but, you know... Prostitutes and... Prostitutes and pornography yeah. theaters. And, like, we're, like, boring white people from Ohio were, like, actually afraid to go. Yes. In 1999, like...
3: Thanks to Rudy Giuliani. I was
1: going to say love him or hate him, and <laughs> we hate him, obviously, but, yeah. like... And used, met the methods that were used, like... Believe us, believe, believe me and us when I tell you we get it. (laughs) That there are like significant issues that led to significant problems.
3: Yeah.
1: But the thing that Rudy Giuliani did was make New York friendly to tourists and out of towners. So this movie is even less relevant. It's irrelevant. (laughs) It's irrelevant. Steve Martin says early in this movie, mm. "I hated New York when it was fashionable to hate New York, and mm. now now it's fashionable to love New York, and I love New York." And the, that's the thing. It's like the, they they're yeah. they're.
3: This they're doesn't forced- feel like a New York movie either.
1: No, they're forcing this idea of like New York as dangerous death trap onto 1999 New York. When like anybody who was dangerous was rounded up and put in jail for sitting on the sidewalk or smoking a joint or playing Frisbee in the park, which are all real things. So <laughs> – like, and I'm not kidding. Yeah, yeah. So like Rudy wanted these people there. Yeah. And the, he made it really comfortable for them. And this also like – this movie is also entirely – it's entirely based on the idea that Steve Martin and Goldie Hawn don't have anybody who they could call
4: collect. Yeah
1: just make a collect call to
3: anybody and you, the movie is over over, over. I, there's no st- there's it, it's well there's a couple buys with with Stephen Goldie as well which is they never feel um they never feel sort of like uptight no. people from ohio they feel, they they feel kind like of, fucking new yorkers they feel kind of okay with all this their, it, their
1: lives are right, so. I think we should we should run through this movie. We, yeah, uh, a well, little uh, bit. Yeah, you but have more.
3: Uh, I just wanted to sort of make sure that I wasn't. The right, we will talk about it as we go along. All right. Uh, I do because want to say you have
1: to believe you have to hear what happens in this movie. It's important for you to understand what happens in this movie to understand why it's so terrible.
3: Uh, sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, Alan Clark, uh, Henry and uh, Nancy's son is played by Goldie Hawn's real son. Oh really? Uh, Oliver Hudson. The other, the other. Oh, he he still acts. Yeah. Uh, He's in
1: like a like a TV show right now. Here's
3: one of my favorite pieces of He's a good looking boy. Of he has a good looking boy. Uh, one of my favorite pieces of, I guess it would be trivia about this film, uh, is that a massive amount of footage was stolen and they had to do reshoots. Oh, wow, that's hysterical. It's like it's like <laughs> who steals this fucking I footage? Know.
1: Could you imagine? You know, we once had a package stolen from our house. Oh really? like, people like come around and steal Amazon yeah. packages and it was dog food. Could you imagine this guy go through all the effort of stealing this package and having it be just dog, dog food? food? Yeah, that's basically what happens. It's, it's, it's this is the, the, the cinematic
3: <laughs> equivalent of dog. There food. There is something to be said, and I'm sure has someone done this. I'm sure someone's done this of uh, footage that gets stolen and held hostage. No, you want to, you want to do, we should that? do that?
1: Yeah, but
3: it's the out of towners. So this movie opens. It's a great idea. It, how has no one happened? how has no one done that? Right? Well, it would have to be a period piece. Not really. Well, it could be I hard mean, drives. I guess a lot of it's on. I like on, it as a period piece. Yeah. Just canisters of film. Canisters. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. We'll do it. Uh, I mean, this movie opens basically in, in a quiet Ohio town, married for 27 years. Their last child has left home. Nancy's suffering from empty nest syndrome. Uh they I don't, don't know about sex. you. They don't have sex. I I don't know if you, I'm, you watch it the same way I did, which was on stars, correct? Stars with a Z. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Uh, I can't make fun of stars with a Z anymore. Oh no! Yeah, I'm
3: sorry. No, it's okay. I don't mind.
1: <laughs> I can make fun of you.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I've I had a lot of fun of start <laughs> with the Z on
3: this podcast, and now uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> the 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 resolution on this thing was they can't a, fire me over that. I doubt it. Uh, is is terrible. Did you think this movie was soft as fuck? Did it not look just like it was all shot through it a lens? It looked terrible. It looked like it, looked it was terrible. shot through a fucking lens of Vaseline? Um, me- yes, immediately. Like, why is um, yeah, it so they, it's fuzzy? The
1: first note I had is like, this looks terrible.
3: <laughs> it looks terrible. So, so, so yeah, not uh, sexy anymore. She wants sex, to, okay. She's fucking ma- making their bed and you've got like stupid music in the background. Anyway, you, we find out after they drop off their kid at, at the airport in a scene that is, I guess, supposed to be quirky or funny where like he gives his son a hug and says, be nice to your mom. She's really being hit hard. And then the mom gives him a hug and says, be nice to your dad. He's hitting him really hard. It's just stuff that you're just like, this stuff is first draft shit. It's like placeholder jokes that yeah. got shot.
1: That in, that in and of itself is not that bad. It's just, you know. But anyway. Uh,
3: so unbeknownst to Nancy, Henry's lost his job to corporate downsizing. And they have an he has an interview in New York. Yeah. Um, he,
1: while speaking on the phone mounted on the wall in his bathroom. Yep. Whatever. I mean, like, I know that sounds like nitpicking, but you have but to see this phone. This phone has, this phone has 17 lines on it. He stole it from a doctor's office and it has 17, uh, like, it's one of those giant phones with, like, that you call or that from a hotel that you call the concierge with. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I don't understand why this enormous phone is uh, on this bathroom
3: wall well, so they nancy and him nancy says that she's considering going to new york with him but that she thinks that it would just be she'd be just tagging along and be weird and he's like yeah pretty much
5: but not
1: even he's just like kind of like it seems okay, indifferent to it. yeah indifferent like they do a very bad job job of like like the the first scene in this movie, more or less, is is like Goldie Hawn like getting hot and like sprinkling the room with some like yeah, trying to, sex like, spice smells their, and put put life. on some some uh, candles mm-hmm. and Steve Martin clearly had a long day and just goes to bed and blows out the candles. What a dick! And it's like yes, that's kind of where I'm coming from. Like that that in and of itself like doesn't really sell it for me. That just no. sells. I get that. I, I get that they haven't had sex, but I don't get the, like he's not being really attentive. They're
3: fucking, it's, honestly, they're, this whole movie 50 like, is a shrug. It feels like there's no shrug is kind, but I, I I say that almost literally as though there's been no attempt to sort of put energy or yeah, anything yeah. into it. So it's like, that's a perfect example of like, he's not a bad guy. This isn't funny. What are we doing? It's a shrug. And then go on to the next scene, it's, which will be the same fucking thing. It is
1: the, it is the, it is the, the the like the 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 101 way yeah. of conveying this idea uh-huh. it's the most literal boring we've seen it a million times mm-hmm. way you know what it is phil it's like when you write a scene that you love yeah but it's like four pages mm-hmm. and then you're like well shit i i'm over by you know two pages I have to cut something down. Like I could just cut this down to the bare bones. I'll get the thought, I'll get the point across, but I will lose all like the flavor and everything that made me like it. The meat's gone. The meat. It's just just there. And that's what this scene in particular feels like. It's a movie. I know there's no commercials. (laughs) There's nothing coming on. ER isn't coming on after. Like, you it's can just, you man. can go an extra, like, 90 seconds if you actually want us to,
5: like,
3: well, this movie care is, about these yeah, characters. It certainly feels like this movie is also edited with an inch of its life well, as well. Like, it's, it is it 90 on the nut. That is why I did not destroy it in my rating. Really? Because it was brief.
1: Yeah. <laughs> was, yeah, fair. That's honestly, I mean, I don't want to give it away, but brief I, and unambitious. So all, it's, have hard, put that on the it's hard to get too mad at a movie <laughs> That's true. that isn't trying to do, do anything. anything. But, like, you know, like.
3: All it's trying to do is like. It's a little ambitious. I, uh, I think it's a little ambitious in, or, or a little spicy at times, even though it's not really.
1: I think all it's trying to do is fulfill its promise of be a movie with Steve Martin and Goliath.
3: This, but I do That's think like, that the, it, like, the, the, the
1: sex, um, the Nipoman nymphoma- yeah. Which it really isn't a Niphamaniacs no. Anonymous meeting. It's anonymous it's it's like a it's, it's a like group a sex group sex art. thing. It's group sex
3: addict. Yeah. Therapy. Sex sexual addiction is the right way to put it. But like that mo that scene tiptoes towards being slightly audacious and slightly interesting and then runs away from it. Cynthia Nixon tries to make it she slightly is, audacious and Cynthia slightly Nixon. Interesting. God bless her.
5: She does. She, she does. Like, yeah, she
3: shows she, up. I mean, she's literally feels like Miranda that yeah. shows up in the middle of the scene, but, yeah. uh, and she, yeah, I would actually say she's one of the moments where not just because it's Cynthia Nixon and obviously I love Sex and City, but it's also just like, oh, there's like, there's, there's, life. There's, there's, there's life. Sign in of life yeah. <laughs> there's
1: like a pulse like, for a dun, second. Dun, 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 <laughs> dun, dun, like, then, yeah, yeah, I know. And then it's kind of, I didn't
3: feel the way about John Cleese. Like, John no, Cleese was exhausting to me. I agree. Also, we, I mean, we'll get to it, but we got to talk about what this drag, I don't really understand what, I mean, I know what they were going I know. for. I was trying to, I was trying to like excuse it in my head. Well, cause it's kind of birdcagey. It's trying oh. to do, it's trying to tap into that kind I, of thing. I, I think
1: that's, that's like straight up transphobic what they were doing, but in terms of like In why, this or in birdcage? In this, no, birdcage is a
3: message. yeah,
1: yeah. Um, in this. I mean, she calls him a trans. She does.
3: I literally was like, "Whoa!" That's yeah, a gold, goldie. Girl. <laughs> goldie, that's a
5: bad Get look. He had to do a rerun <laughs> of that
3: one. Um,
1: <laughs> but uh, but it's it, I guess like the real like issue. Ultimately, like yeah. I hope the real issue is that he was wearing the clothes of like an important guest. Not that That's, like, you're, you're giving them a lot. of. I credit. I am giving a lot of credit because I refuse to believe that he was like, wearing her earrings at the end. He was wearing like they're everything. Like he was going out as a as
3: a crossdresser because
1: he's not really trans. He's like, I don't. I,
5: ugh. Uh,
3: so at this point in the story, anyway, Nancy sneaks on the plane with uh, Henry. And this was when the movie when I. Re- yep. <laughs> right. This was when it was like yeah pass this is when i was hard like, pass you, you we're done now you've, yes we're you've done now. A rubicon that's right i will watch this movie to completion because it's my job yes <laughs> but i'm not like
1: a mess i will not i know i will not be enjoying this movie <laughs> so to, to to explain what happens
4: please
1: so as we said or as phil said steve martin's going to new york for this job interview uh he has a seat on the plane goldie Hahn does doesn't mm-hmm. goldie Hahn, i guess didn't tell him that she's going to be joining him on the plane she just shows up yep and gets a seat on the plane in the last row of coach, and he's like probably eight rows up. She then proceeds to have a conversation with him on the plane. Across five rows. Across five rows and an aisle about his rash medicine and and the insults insults. for his shoes, his like, what were they called? Like his his foot yummies or something something awful. And at that point, it's just like, I don't know if what you're going for is like, like basically the cable guy but she's the cable guy which
3: by the way i kind of would have signed on for that like if that was what this was and this became quote unquote the odd couple and she goes you know what i mean and, it, and it's him just being like i need to get away from my wife
1: because she's going insane kind of because on empty nest syndrome is actually like a real thing terrifying yeah, yeah. No, I, mean, I don't mean to like like put too much gravity into it, but like I, like there's a, there's a funny – like we haven't like gotten to the place where like it's you can't joke about it. There's a funny movie to be made about a person, a parent like slowly going crazy
3: because they have nothing to do,
1: which I think is kind of what this movie is like it could have been. Well,
3: it's funny because but- I, I just finished reading a book uh, called Mrs. Fletcher, which is going to be an HBO series uh-huh. uh, at the end of October, which is about that very syndrome of a woman who's you know in her late 40s, early 50s. She's a single mom. Son goes away to college and it's sort of about her trying to refine herself. Is it is it poignant? It is. And it's yeah. funny and it's weird. And it's like she gets into like online porn, like not being a part of it, but like finding ways to sort of re-excite herself and kind of plug herself into this current world that we're in. It's it's really, it's really great.
1: That's why I keep having kids because I'm terrified of it. So.
3: <laughs> okay. I'm just going to keep having them. Keep having them until, you know.
1: Uh, well, until I die. Sure. Um. Okay. But Yeah. But that could, there's a movie there. There is a movie there's there. There's a movie there for sure. Yes. This isn't it. And no. in fact, it's super weird to like not even explore the empty nest. At all. Really? You leave the nest. Yeah. They're leaving the nest. They should have been out of the nest for mm-hmm. quite a while. Mm-hmm. It's also weird to start it with him going like abroad. Yep. Like that, you, you've had an empty nest. I don't know. I hate this movie. Yeah, it sucks. All right, so uh, the, the plane, plane gets rerouted to Boston. Like literally, like some extras like let them sit together, and then they get to sit together.
3: Fine. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, that's not going to So then like, they get let to them sit. sit
1: together. <laughs> they sit together.
3: The planes rerouted to Boston. They lose their luggage. Yeah, because the
1: city's fogged in, which happens in New York never.
3: <laughs> They're they lose their luggage you've got a, a you've got a luggage claim sequence of steve martin oh, yeah. climbing up the luggage claim and then like falling off of it it's all just very- that's what i knew i was never coming back that's and what i, I mean yeah. i knew
1: i was yeah you know, i was like I, you lost me yeah in the plane and then that luggage sequence where he goes up the luggage carousel and takes like a takes like a bag to the gut and falls backwards i'm like that no one would do that like he's going yeah. up and he's being like my name is Henry Clark, and my bags are black, and I was coming. It's like he's yelling into, into the drapes.
3: The thing. And it's crazy.
1: He's yelling into the drapes. And I'm thinking, this is the guy <laughs> who is in planes, trains, and know. automobiles. Like, he knows what works.
3: But they think they're doing that. They no, think they- there wasn't a joke like that, planes, trains, and automobiles. No, there no, I know that, like but it. I think they think that they're, they're, a, I, it's like C. Martin and luggage. People love this. I
1: fear that they think like they're like know. planes, trains, and automobiles worked let's put goldie hawn in the john candy roll and like let's like up the ante a little because it's the 90s and people are like funny right. or whatever right. or people like are like are people you, we need we you know we need to get sexier or whatever the fuck they thought mm-hmm. um it's a really bad moment and then like you get the literal one moment where goldie hawn says she was an advertiser when she draws a picture of the luggage and the luggage clerk is like that's a good picture of you an artist she goes I wasn't advertising and I only mention this because that's the resolution of the movie,
3: that she gets back into advertising. The only time she's ever mentioned missing it, being interested in it, having done it.
1: The whole movie, like, there was like this... I, if you watch Desperate Housewives, Felicity Huffman, God rest your soul. Um,
3: all right.
1: Felicity, alive. Felicity Huff, Huffman's arc yeah. was that she and her husband both worked before they had kids, and she was a working woman. Right. And she really missed it. And being a parent to these three lunatics was hard for her. Mm-hmm. And by the end, I think of the second season or maybe the first season, can't remember. She got in a big fight with her husband and she's like, I need to go back to work and you need to stay at home. And they took a whole season building yeah. that up. Okay. And that's where, but this, they didn't even, they, they, one point she's like, I used to be in advertising. My sense was like, she didn't care about the advertising part. She didn't care about working. Mm-hmm. She may like to do art here and there. Like they it's not that hard
3: well, they they really do. Uh, they do Goldie's character absolutely no service in this movie, and it's 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 really kind of hard to watch at times. Um, she's rough. She's rough. She's not like they don't really give her any real character. Um, her arc is about it's all like all over the. Place. It's all, it's really all over the place. Uh, he has sort of. I mean, obviously, he's got the job that he's trying to get. Blah blah blah, but. I I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm expecting too much from it. It's possible. Well, you're also like
1: there's – these are very basic things. There needs to be a desperation that these characters are not – these characters sleep in Central Park and they seem kind of cool
3: with it. It's it's...
1: Like there needs to be a desperation that going into it and also the secret should be held for much longer. Like Steve Martin needs to be fucking desperate. If I don't get this job, like – I don't know. I'm like dead. I like, um, like I'm going to get divorced. Like my kids going to have to come back from wherever the hell he is. Um, like a lot of bad things.
3: There's, there's, there's no consequences. Really. You never feel like there's any real peril in what's going on. Your point about technology makes absolute sense too. We're just like, they, this is just crazy that these people wouldn't have been able to like find some way to get themselves out of this predicament. Right. Um, which brings – us so they're mugged I – mean, I would have just gone to the police station and just said this is what happened to me. I was can mugged like, by Andrew Lloyd Webber and then yes, you just – Can know? I just hang out here? Right? Yeah. Until I can call my daughter do- – like what? why is the daughter AWOL? I, like I, I call my banker? Like, call call, call anybody. anybody. Like anybody.
1: You can call – like you can call – this is 1999. It's Everything is computerized. Crazy. You can get – if you have money in the bank, yeah. you can go somewhere yeah. where you're safe for the night – and that's kind of the thing about the other thing about this movie is like how easily, like, I, I, it's interesting, like, how easily they move into all these spaces because they're, you know, nice looking white people
4: mm-hmm. and
1: how little the movie realizes mm-hmm. that that's a, that that's like a really privileged thing. Yep. Um, now I'm not asking it to like make some big commentary on whatever, but Socio-economics. like, but
3: like, it looks pretty stupid these days, you know? Well, sure. I mean, I mean, listen, this, this, I think they thought they had a layup here. I think they were like we got Goldie we got Steve we got you know a, a property that was a big hit in the 70s like how's this not're we're, we we're, you know this is just a
5: they're gonna they print do us it? money.
3: How did they do it? I don't know um, How did they get them? At this point they're mugged at gunpoint by Andrew Lloyd Webber by a guy who's British ish he's not he's doing a British accent. It's a bad mugging. it's such a bad mugging. <laughs> I found it a little funny. Uh, only insofar as the bit was a little funny, the which is that the bit guy was a little inspired. I agree. The guy that. goes with it for a sec because she she assumes that he's Andrew Lloyd Webber for reasons that are oh this. he
1: he's going at he no no he's he wants them to believe that oh is that how he starts it he doesn't say it's me Andrew Lloyd Webber but he says it's me, he, I'm, I'm, I have a Broadway show Oh, yes on. Yes, yes my apologies he, he starts them, by saying yes, right he wants them to say what show and Jesus then she, Christ, superstar right and, and then, then
3: she thinks Andrew Lloyd Webber puts together the the breadcrumbs of what like, he's insinuating.
1: You know, yokels from Ohio like he's sure. short, he's british, he's balding, he's angelo weber enough. Sure, even though like angelo weber all, you know, whatever is like in my opinion like a very unattractive man. And this he looks guy, like he belongs in his place. Angela Weber's crazy looking. He looks like his face <laughs> is falling off. This guy's like a perfectly normal looking guy. <laughs> <He's>
4: like, <laughs> oh my just, it's, like, it's
1: the best. I know. Like someday someone's gonna yeah. someone's gonna hear these podcasts. Maybe. Maybe not the dumps, but someday people are gonna hear this and I'm gonna lose every job I've ever had. <laughs> <This> is t- <laughs> stars
3: is gonna be
4: like
1: stars uh, with a Z, huh? <laughs>
3: <laughs> so basically at a certain point. This guy just snaps and he's like, I'm done fucking with this, with this Andrew Lloyd Webber bit. And he pulls out a gun and he he, he steals your money, mugs them. Uh, for for some reason <laughs> – This is so bad. This – you know what I'm about to say? For some reason, yes. Steve Martin has put his credit card in his sock. Because he was preparing to get mugged, I guess. But like
1: it, it's just like <laughs> – Like again, if
3: this is – you know what this makes me think of? Do you remember uh, – to allude back to Sex and the City. Do you remember there was an episode of Sex and the City? I think it was in season, uh, season six. Um, where uh, Carrie and Berger go out one night to a, a restaurant or whatever. Uh, you don't remember any of this? No. You're looking at me like – Maybe. I whatever. mean I don't think so. Well, anyway, the woman standing in front of them is wearing a scrunchie. Okay. And the whole episode revolves around the fact that she read his book, Berger's book, loved it, but had one note, which is that a woman would never wear a scrunchie in New York City. Mm-hmm. And Berger can't handle it. He can't hear anything other than the one criticism. So there's a woman in front of them in line. She's wearing a scrunchie. And he like, he's ready to like rub her face in it being like, don't you see this? And Carrie's like, she's not from around here. And then she turns around and the woman has got like a southern accent or or something. She's clearly not from town. Like, that's what needed to happen with Steve Martin and Goldie Hawn's characters. They needed to literally feel totally dissimilar to their surroundings in order for any of this to work. They needed to become essentially cartoon characters of... People from the Midwest or whatever. But they didn't go with that. So like I bring this back to the the credit card and the sock thing because, again, it's an easy joke to lay in earlier Mm -hmm. to have Steve Martin say like, I better keep some money in my sock or whatever. We're going to New York and who the fuck knows what's going to happen there even though that's an absurd notion. But they don't do that. And instead he just goes, yeah, "Yeah, I got my credit card in my sock. Like we're supposed to be like, well, why the fuck did you do that? It doesn't seem that hard. It's not that hard. Like
1: They're too upper middle class to believe any of it. Like, it's not that hard to believe that a lower middle class or a lower class couple could never have been on a plane before. Sure. Because there are, sure, n- oh, like probably a hundred million people in this yes. country have never been on a plane Absolutely. before. So if you've never been on a, you know, if, if you've never left your town and for some yeah. reason you have, you know, any reason you want to yeah. go to New York, you'd offer a job, your kid lives there, whatever reason you want to go to New York, you have a total misconception of New York. And you're really a paranoid person, I can I can start that, to go with yes, that.
3: But that, that's we're saying the same thing. Yeah. They didn't do any of that. They didn't lay any of that piping. They didn't let they did they just didn't build these characters in a way that made them feel like fish out of water. Because D- otherwise, this whole thing doesn't work. To go to the end of this,
1: do you remember sure. when he's pitching his ideas or when he's sure. pitching you know, trying to get in New a York. job? Old New York, yes. <laughs> he, po- he genius. He, he he has a um somehow and this is so bad. Somehow he's also come prepared with, you know, giant uh, poster boards yes. of campaigns yes. he's run. Sure. Which I don't know how he got, but he got them. Do uh, you know, did you notice what the campaign was no. the, on the thing? It wasn't like some random fucking regional thing. It was Snapple. This guy ran the Snapple campaign. <laughs> so, like, this guy is like. In
3: Ohio, he had the Snapple campaign.
1: I mean, I believe that. Sure. But, like, but, like. I'll believe that the, that the guy will have the Snapple campaign in Ohio, but I sure. won't believe that the guy who came up with the Snapple campaign is a fucking bumpkin. Yeah. Right?
3: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: That that I can't yeah. believe. Like anybody who works at a company that is getting the Snapple contract mm-hmm. is cosmopolitan enough because you have to sell to the whole fucking country. It's a national ad. It's cosmopolitan enough to know enough about New York to, I don't know, no know basic shit. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to, you know, scale the outside of the building.
3: Um, are we there yet? no alright let's keep going uh, they're thrown at their hotel by a pompous manager named Merceau okay played by Jean John Cleese, Cleese who indulges in cross-dressing for reasons we still don't know for blackmail uh, for blackmail forced to live by their wits the couple find themselves caught in I a robbery blackmail Greg <laughs> <laughs> this dump
5: is this dump is gonna be 10 weeks from now. Uh, we
3: chased yet. by the police through central park also finding renewed love between them i'm not sure that i've seen that fast a turn from fight to reconciliation as what happens in this movie they go for the jugular they yell at each other in a way that you're like oh well okay i mean that's gonna yeah. to be tough to unring that bell yeah. five seconds later She's startled by Steve Martin just, like, sneaking up on her and being like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I said anything. And then they're Let's fucking in the bushes. outside in Central Park. Uh, oh, and then there's the part that I am admittedly a bit of a sucker for people pretending they're high. I generally find it funny. It's, it's fish in a barrel. Okay. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say that it's... It, sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's funny. Uh, in fact... Sex and the City. I don't know why, but Sex and the City. There's a there's a couple moments where Carrie is high in that, and it really makes me laugh. Wait,
1: did we miss the part where they're scaling the outside of the No, we're going right, we, Sorry, we, we, I mean
3: I, we kind of jumped forward, but we'll jump back. Yeah. Uh, he the high part in this movie when Steve Martin is high is deeply unfunny. It's crazy. It's it it never. It's not crazy enough to be funny, and it's not like restrained enough to be funny, if that makes any sense. Like he's in some in-between space that it's just, it's just, it's really, really not good. And I don't know if it's because they were scared to go there.
1: It's also like apropos of nothing. Well, it is apropos. like, it doesn't, yeah, I mean, it it doesn't drive story forward. It's a, it's yeah. So it's it's just, there's a lot of shit thrown against the wall here. There's, there's cross-dressing. There's outside sex in front of Rudy Giuliani. There's Steve Martin. high. there's
3: Mark McKinney trying to fuck. Behind. Behind,
1: there's a lot of like, yeah. there's a lot of sh- like like vaguely blue stuff, vaguely thrown blue, against the, right the wall yes. that makes like that that gives this veneer of like edge or adult themed humor. Sort of that is totally unnecessary. What they really need are good jokes. Yeah, like it's just that simple. Yeah. and like Tina Fey does that shit in her sleep. Tina Fey can't deliver a bad joke.
3: I wonder – and and this feels like something that's worth talking about a little bit, which is we're sort of in a time in comedy in 99. We're sort of – we're before Anchorman and Apatow and Tina Fey and all that stuff really popping.
1: We're like two or three years. We're two
3: or three years away from that. And this feels like a movie that could only exist in that pocket because – your point is absolutely true, which is this movie is is made. I guess technically is made a couple of years later with Date Night. It's a much better movie. Um, I don't love Date Night, but it's it's got some edge. It's got some weirdness to it. It's it's pushing it enough, and the two of them are so fucking razor sharp with their delivery that they can almost sell any line. I'm a sucker for yeah. Uh,
1: one. Movies that take place over the course of one, one crazy night. night. Yeah. Yes, one crazy night. I love. I don't love Day night, but I can always get into that. I, totally. I love Adventures in Babysitting. Same,
3: same. same. Uh, After, I hours. Love After hours. After yeah, yeah, hours, yeah. of
1: course. Yeah. Um. I even like the Babysitter with Jonah Hill. Like, yeah. I like
3: even Days of one night as well. Days, I mean, well, yeah, it's different, I, but yeah, but yeah, I, I, no, no, I,
1: yeah. I do, I, and I, I just. You know, I always pitch it when I work on shows to so do one crazy night. And then everyone says night shoot sucks.
3: Exterior night shoot sucks. So like, you want to produce it? Sure. And I'm like, oh, shit, of course. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but but this movie doesn't like, again, the, it doesn't do itself any service with its constricted timeline either. It doesn't really work that in there. You never really feel a ticking clock in this movie. You never feel that urgency that's necessary. Um, it doesn't crackle. It just, it's just, it's doesn't just, crackle. it's just a fucking dead just fish. Pops. It doesn't pop either. It doesn't snap. No. It is none of the Rice Krispies. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's just soggy. Yeah. The fourth uh, Rice
4: Krispie.
3: Fourth. <laughs> He's mushy. Not, not one of the
1: twins. Yeah. He's like their
3: older brother. He's just been sitting around. But do you know what I'm saying? Like, that's why I feel like we're in this weird lull. Not that there aren't great comedies made in 99, because there are and we've we've covered them. I was gonna ask But you that. it's sort of scattershot. It doesn't feel like there wasn't a, a comedic movement, if that's the right way to put it, that that felt like you really were sort of like, what are, who are the biggest names in comedy in 1999? So in movies, I, I mean, I, I was trying
1: to think of that. I mean, you're kind of on the tail end of Eddie Murphy. Yes, so you have Bowfinger. You do, which is probably the funniest studio movie. And the and you also have Galaxy Quest and that like Office Space. So this, this is interesting, though. Mm-hmm. Office Space, Galaxy Quest, Be and John Malkovich, which is a uh, comedy. None of them did particularly well, but they're all not of like a movement I or totally a group. Agree with you. That's that's you know, my point too. Yeah. like Galaxy Quest is a Tim Allen comedy, yeah. Dean Parisot directed. Like yep. these aren't brand names. Office Space is Mike Judge, but it wasn't mm-hmm. before anything. Mm-hmm. Ron Livingston's a star. Like hilarious mm-hmm. movie, probably to actually the funniest movie of the year. Same with even you know, Be and John Malkovich. Mm-hmm. Like Spike Jones was a sure. comedy director. It was our first, you know, Charlie Coffin thing. John Cusack is not a comedy, uh, is not a comedic actor. Even Bowfinger, mm-hmm. like, um. so
3: I think that that's, that there wasn't a, any, you know, Eddie. I mean, you've got, you've got Big Daddy. Okay. So you've got, so, I mean, Adam Sandler, Sandler, he's a brand. Is a for brand, sure. for sure. You've got American Pie. Again. Not, like, Apropos, but, nothing. Apropos, uh, not, but yeah, you know, those are sort of, I'm just looking up like the biggest comedies of 99, South Park. Sure. But again, these are not of South a Park's piece. Like its own thing none too. of these are, you know, you've got Blue Streak, you have Juice Bigelow, you know, Wild Wild West. Yeah, none of these feel like TV like, like not an exception
1: Hill. of Big Daddy. Yep. None of these and in, uh, totally agree with and you. And Jim Carrey did a drama. Yep. Eddie Murphy, Martin Lawrence did a drama, mm-hmm. you know. So with the exception of like uh, Big Daddy, you don't have what you had now. Where just for years you had the Will Ferrell comedy that year, the Seth Rogen comedy that year. Totally. You know the uh, now you have the, Tim- the the Tiffany Haddish comedy mm-hmm. or the Kevin Hart comedy yep. or you have Dwayne Johnson doing a comedy or you have, you know, any one of these like people who just are are kind of going to give you one to two comedies or directors mm-hmm. like a Paul Feig who gives you a comedy. Here and there, like uh, he did this year, right? Well, it wasn't a comedy. Yeah, um, but I think that so Melissa I, McCarthy's giving you a comedy every year. Right. like you didn't have these brands.
3: Like you didn't. Will Ferrell hadn't really become Will Ferrell yet. He had you know not. that was that was that was kind of the next. you And know, I mean, you've got you've and got old stiller hadn't become stiller, stiller yet, had, and you know that that whole old school ben stiller owen wilson kind of that whole thing hadn't started, hadn't started yet so it's funny because i typed into google best comedies of 1999 and the list is so bizarre which again is a symptom of a great year but also a symptom of there isn't that person or people you have adam sandler sure but then also you know, you've got austin powers sure, sure. another one too that uh, yeah. all right so those two for sure those two with a bullet there at the top huge obviously. brands but I then agree. you've got like mystery men wild wild west the muse happy texas she's all that never been kissed mystery alaska i mean on this list you've got three kings and man on the moon and those aren't comedies so like it's just I, i they have funny moments but like and then fight clubs on this list so like comedy in 99 is a very strange beast yeah and I mean, The
1: funniest movie is being John Malkovich, sure. like in my opinion. Like I love being John Malkovich. I think it's the funniest movie of the year and the, also the best.
3: Um, <laughs> but but you, you understand what I'm getting at, right? Which is that this – it doesn't shock me necessarily that You're Out of Towners exists in this weird space because they're thinking to themselves and by they, I mean the studios are looking at the landscape and saying, well, okay – Adam Sandler, Mike Myers, Austin Powers—those things, you know, we're going to put those over in their corner. Jim Carrey isn't Jim Carrey anymore because he's doing Man on the Moon and he's trying to step outside of himself a little Shout bit. Shot with an Oscar, right? Just insane. He um, wasn't even nominated, which is crazy. Never been nominated. Crazy, crazy. Um, so it's just it's a very interesting space, and I guess they figured, well, maybe there's a space for us. Maybe there's a way to do this. Now they shouldn't have spent seventy five million dollars on this, but you know,
1: I think for for the last thirty. Five years, people have thought there's always a space for Steve Martin, right? Like, and I think that it's twenty eight million dollar box office on this total dud. Like, yep. does kind of support that theory. Yep. Um, you know, I think where was Steve Martin right before this? He had a made a so he wrote he wrote Bowfinger. Um, so he was going to do Bofinger. He just did Bofinger. It was they were are pretty close to yeah. They but he, you know, he had he had. He hadn't had a hit in a long time. It's kind of that simple. He really hadn't had a hit in a long time.
3: No. I what was his last hit? Leap of faith. Did well. House of How? Oh did wow. Well. So that's that's okay. So he he father really father of the bride is the last big, hit. and that's 91. in the early nineties. And what about when did the uh, fucking lots of kids movies, the two brother dozen movies? Two thousand and three, I mean, but like he's got a couple years those kind them. of
1: sell themselves like that. People aren't seeing them, and Bo
3: doesn't really doesn't do that well it, it does fine
1: you know it did well though mm. not cheaper about a dozen which did well yeah but i don't think because of him i think because that could have been one of a hundred actors playing that role mm-hmm. bringing down the house did well and R- bringing down the house R- was R- him and queen latifah and that was a that was a pairing i think people were interested.
3: what was in. the queen Le- is that the one with uh uh eugene levy what's the eugene levy one am i he was in che- cheaper rather doesn't too no, Eugene Levy and, and and I believe Queen Latifah had a movie together. Am I making that up? Uh you're probably not. They would make yeah, that was it. Yeah. Well, it was bring down the yeah. house. Yeah. So anyway, that's that happened. Uh anyway. Um it's just an interesting. <laughs> it's just an interesting sort of it's an it's a weird time to be a comedy star, I guess, because they haven't figured out Really, what America's audiences want from comedy. Bringing Down the House
1: made $132 million. Yeah, it's a lot
3: of money. Yeah. So, uh, they, want Latifah. They,
1: they want, want Latifah. they want Steve Martin and Queen Latifah. They don't want Steve Martin and Goldie Hawn. And, like, that's it.
3: Well, and I go- would argue that Bringing Down the House is a better movie than Out of Towners. Any movie is a better <laughs> movie than Out
1: of Towners. I don't mean that. I, no, you just, mean that.
3: No, I do mean that. I just you mean, mean it. that from the bottom of your heart. Uh,
1: I just kind of want to look at where Goldie Hawn was at this point, too. Okay because Goldie Hawn's a bit of an evergreen uh, or a bit of a perennial, I think is the better way to put it. And What's that, your favorite like, uh, Goldie Hawn movie? My favorite Goldie Hawn movie? Um, I'm I'm looking at her... I think it's Seth Becomes Her for me. Yeah, I'm looking at her filmography so I can get the right answer. Um, off the top of my head, was probably First Wives Club, which I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Overboard is a, like so... Yeah. Overboard is like so fucked up.
3: But it's I also so loved it so. Um, well, because it's Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn being just like movie stars. They're just uh, there's there's something really really endearing
1: about the two of them being able to overcome this really fucked up premise. <laughs> to, uh, sheer by the sheer weight of their chemistry. Yeah, they're starting They have incredible chemistry, yeah. as you know, evidenced by real life. Sure. Um Goldie Hawn I love, I did the Death first. Becoming she did I'm the first Wilds Club three years before. This is actually her fucking follow-up
3: i mean so everyone she's says a bigger deal. Loved,
1: everyone says i love you the same year
3: i, I love everybody so I love you.
1: um but it's not a goldie Odd movie it's a no, but she's good movie. man yeah she was like his ex-wife right yeah there was
3: talk of her like maybe getting an Oscar nomination
1: yeah. for that. it was a it was an interesting movie so she did this and then she did town of country oh, bang her that.
3: sisters and then she didn't do anything forever until snatched, until snatched. i never saw snatch did you
1: uh no it's so weird <laughs> that she just decided to to,
3: to hang up her hang Spurs up for fifteen yeah. years.
1: And then come back like, I don't know.
3: You got to wonder if the like the yeah the comeback is is I'm sure that's just Amy Schumer just being like we got to do I this we got to do this I love this you're the best you're the best. I, it's like and Seth by the way Logan she did, is
1: Seth Rogen did the movie with Barbara Streisand it's the, the same trip thing it's like yeah. it's like that, of that movie course should have Barbara worked. Streisand should play my mom like of course. Yeah. And of course, I think Amy Schumer was like, who do I want to be my mom? The person I've always wanted to be my mom, Goldie Hawn. No, 100%. So like – I get it. And, and, why, would he, and why wouldn't Goldie why Hawn would say yes,
3: does. you know? And why wouldn't, you know, uh, Barbra Streisand and Dustin Hoffman be Ben Stiller's parents? That uh, that that worked incredibly well. <laughs> that was perfect. So it's, it's just I, – I get it. But so rarely does the one more time into the breach work out.
1: <laughs> no, you know, the person that weirdly kind of worked out for, her, kind of, mm-hmm. uh, Jane Fonda. Yes, she did Monster in Law with Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> she did, and that turned into the Newsroom, which turned into Grace and Frankie.
3: Yeah, and she, but she's also like when you see her in interviews, like she's a, she is sharp, and like she always, always has been. But she disappeared for a she long did. fucking time. She did. She's did, yeah. twenty years. I like Jane Fonda. I think Jane Fonda is great. It's cool that Jane Fonda
1: still fucking yeah. is like relevant. That's fucking 100%. Cool. Yeah. Like when you hear her on Mark Maron, you're like, oh. And it's annoying that like, she went away for 20 years. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. not saying she's Meryl Streep, but like let's keep it. Yeah. Let's keep in mind. Jane Fonda's won two Oscars. Yeah. Like Jane Fonda is not nobody. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Jane Fonda was was much, much bigger and more relevant than Meryl Streep Huge. in the
3: 70s. Yeah.
1: Right. Um, and politically. Yes, yeah. and every yeah. movie, and I think that's a big reason why she kind of went away, yeah. it was forced to go away. But every movie she did, she was almost like it, it was like uh, somewhere between Meryl Streep and Julie Roberts, like mm-hmm. huge movie star performances mm-hmm. and getting nominated for Oscars every year and winning them,
3: and a sex symbol for what that's worth as well, and, and a and, and a sex symbol.
1: <clears throat> so throwing Scarlett Johansson, yeah. she was everything, mm-hmm. right? And then she fucking disappeared through the '90s and most of the 2000s, yeah. and she stayed like fucking cool and hip and And she's awesome
3: i listen i think i I, here's the thing too i i think that goldie hahn is cool when goldie hahn does interviews and stuff like that i'm just like oh right you're you like the amount of like your legacy in hollywood is is incredible and i just it's a bummer to see stuff like this where you're just like these are two fucking icons and they're just like I Stuck would be dangling off a fucking roof. Yeah. I would be yelling
1: at the, at the <laughs> radio right now, or the, I would be yelling at the, at the, my earphones right now. If I was listening to this and being like, it's not their fault. Yeah, it's not it's their Hollywood's fault. Yeah, fault. Yeah. Hollywood didn't write roles yeah. for them.
3: I don't think we're blaming them, but hundred
1: percent true. Yeah. yeah. I I'm, I'm not blaming them, but I feel like I'm kind of coming down and they like, it seems like they weren't
3: trying, but I'm sure that's not true. It wasn't on the page. And this, and I'm going to blame the director and the screenwriter more than I'm going to blame them. Oh, I, I mean, it seems like it seems
1: like Jane Fonda and Goldie oh, yes, yes, weren't yes. trying to get work.
3: That's true. Because
1: true. why wouldn't they get work mm-hmm. if they want to work? Mm-hmm. But I would also obviously be saying like there was there weren't roles befitting of them, and anything that was close was snatched up by you know Meryl Streep or Julianne Moore or yep. Annette Benning, and uh, there just weren't a lot.
3: I do think that um, Fay
1: Dunaway is another one too.
3: Who can still act, who could have totally. still acted for years. Well, and years. I, I think that the good thing now, for what it's worth anyway, is that it does feel like cable and streaming are offering opportunities to be like, you know, Jane Fonda being on the newsroom. Yeah. Um, or and, Grace I, and Frankie. Or Grace and Frankie. Um, and I think if you want to work, I think there's work out there. Now there's sometimes they just don't want to do it anymore. It's a lot it's a lot of fucking work and they're, I'm assuming, richer than God anyway. So what do they need it? Yeah, fifteen um, years
1: though. I don't know. It's like
3: I'm I'm sure that at a certain point you just kinda it might be fun to do it again. Um but this is just one of those things where to your point, Steve Martin's been struggling, hasn't had a hit in a while. Goldie hasn't been. She doesn't really necessarily need this, but she does it. She hadn't done anything in three years. Sure, but she's coming up. I'm off sure a hit. she's
1: picking and choosing. Yeah. And
3: I'm sure she's like I'm sure she was like,
1: yes, yeah, Steve, do you want to do this, of course. You And, and Bob Evans is calling her up as well, I'm sure. Yeah, and you know, Mark Lawrence is like, I wrote Forces of Nature. <laughs> so there So I know how to do transportation you're going to be okay.
3: Well, we should talk a little bit about I mean, we could Listen, we could do a whole podcast just on Robert Evans. But um He's a very interesting guy. Is this the last movie that he produces? Uh, the, he actually, he, he produced, um, weirdly enough,
1: How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Really? Yeah. Which is just, you know, obviously it's Goldie
3: Hawn's daughter. Um, right. In her, in her star-making role. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that's the last thing he does. And that just kind of is what it is. Like He's also an EP on that urban cowboy pilot that they did for... Okay. You know, there was an urban cowboy He's pilot. still alive, right? Um... I think he is. Yes, still alive. uh He, uh, he of course, every you know, he was. The, he is the. If you look up cliche movie producer in the dictionary, there's a picture of Robert Evans. <laughs> like, he like stays just, in the picture. It's the is team. one of the greatest fucking documents. One of the best you'll ever. If you see, if you haven't watched it, if everyone movies, should go and watch it. If you love movies, if and, and if you love Hollywood, like he's just, it's just the story. He's the guy. There's just something. He about also. Him. There is something about him. There is also something, and I'm going to be probably pretty inarticulate about this, but a a diehard love of film and of movies, but not necessarily uh, about creative integrity. (laughs) Like he's a guy who like latched onto IP smartly at, at the right time, you know, with your with your Godfathers and your love stories and your what have yous, and. And really kind of wielded that and weaponized that and built a tremendous career out of it, but I can't necessarily say that he's a guy that like but Chinatown's fucking China like I don't his, know' it's, it's, his
1: seven year run yeah at in the seventies uh, his seven year run at paramount is insane
3: um yeah, if you just look at his first his first credit is going off <laughs> Is what but it, or so but
1: his seven year run yeah. as head of production at paramount I mean just I've never heard of the president's analyst, but
3: after that so godfather chinatown godfather part two marathon man black sunday i don't know what but what are you
1: reading? you're reading producer yeah i'm reading head of production of paramount this is from wikipedia okay so interestingly it. enough like the his first two movies were both neil neil simon things. <laughs> so it's barefoot in the park odd couple the detective might also be um no it's not but that's that's a frank Sinatra movie uh, Rosemary's Baby, The Italian Job, True Grit, The Confession, Love Story, A New Leaf, Never heard of it. Plaza Suite, Never heard of it. Harold and Maude, Godfather, Superco, Save the Tiger, Great Gatsby, Got to Take the Chance, <laughs> and the conversation. That's yeah, great. And then he becomes a producer, and he does, uh, Chinatown, Marathon Man, Black Sunday, Players, yeah. Never heard of it. Urban Cowboy. Urban Cowboy. Popeye, Popeye which is Altman. Sure. You have to give him a pass for that. The Cotton Club. Two and jakes. then it falls down the biggest fucking <laughs> cliff that anyone's ever fallen down the two jakes is the the, the two beginning. jakes is the the chinatown sequel sequel that, that, that nicholson directs bizarre <laughs> sliver is like a notoriously terrible movie where like people die during production wait like, is that
3: the, that's the sharon stone movie yes. yeah yeah
1: uh notoriously just the esther terrible has, movie. Yeah, bad movie um I'm still not really sure what that movie's about uh it's about a sliver
3: Cool. uh it's like it's about a thin apartment <laughs> he does a one-two punch of, of sliver into jade, jade.
1: <laughs> phantom and saint which Woo! are like i think the saint's like one of the worst movie going experiences of my life the yes. phantom uh is terrible so these are like yeah. both properties that he liked as a kid in like the, yeah. the, the early teens the the early aughts, are big. and then the out-of-towners and then how do this guy in 10 days like which sucks but like people, people love it love it people love that movie and it like I feel like people get mad at me for saying it sucks. It sucks. We'll get mad at you for. Something. But it's also really charming. So like, yeah, it sucks but charming. It's.
3: I think I would argue, and I love Carly Simon. So you know. I would argue that the 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 Matthew McConaughey Kate Hudson run in rom coms is the last run we've had. It's also the suckiest. Well, no, it's, it sucks now probably more than it does when they were doing it. But I'm, I'm speaking of like, that was the last studio movie star driven romantic comedies. That was, that was it. We oh, haven't seen that since. Just romantic comedies? Romantic comedies with movie stars made by studios. Well, like,
1: I thought you were talking about the, like the Tracy Hepburn, Tom Hanks, no. Meg Ryan thing. No, um, I'm talking
3: about like, I'm not, ta- I'm talking about like, Studio rom-coms with movie stars that get a budget that's over fifty million dollars, and what happened was, I think that Fools Gold and movies like that, and Sahara or what have you, is where they tried to blend the tried to do Romancing the Stone over and over and over again, where they tried They've to tried blend to do that for years. Sure, yeah, but the television, the, the action rom-com is the way that they think they're going to get people in the seats. I'm going to say something mean.
1: Okay, no one's listening to it. No, Out of towners,
3: no. an hour, At an hour, hour eighteen, no yeah. chance.
1: Um. They uh, they placed a bet on the wrong actress, and it killed it. You think Kate Hudson was? No, I love Kate Hudson. They placed the next bet on after Kate Hudson. The next person they tried to make this person, Uh Catherine Heigl. Oh sure, and that bounced, baby. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Well, she that was because twenty seven dresses really pushed it.
3: She thought she was there. Well, and, and people thought she was there. Yeah. No, you're you're actually and right. That
1: w- th- so those were the last like kind of rom coms I right. can remember. Yeah. And like Amy Adams did a couple, but like she. Did. I mean Reese did a couple. Reese still does them. One of the great movies of the last five years. Home again. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah. everyone can always go home again. I wouldn't count that as a as a I I rom com because it's not. It's yeah. not. It's it's just not. It's Home Again. It's its own thing. <laughs> but I
3: I mean, what is the last one? Is it is it Sweet Home Alabama? The last
1: ever? I mean, yeah, that was so long ago. I hope not. It can't be. They do rom coms every
3: year. The last one, like you're a real one that we're we're not talking. talking
1: Train wreck, right? We're not talking.
3: I mean, okay, train wreck sort of falls into that, but again, like it's bridesmaids. We're not talking like I don't know that those. I mean, I would say train wreck more than bridesmaids bridesmaids is much more of an ensemble We're not comedy. talking
1: rebel wilson doing you know the the oh
3: how to be single is how, that one well how to be single is That's i was one.
1: thinking the one where she deconstructed like the one from this year oh right
3: yeah i mean i guess they tried to sort of i guess how to be single was a moment when they thought dakota fanning maybe not dakota johnson maybe and
1: like i think anna kendrick does stuff here and there like yeah uh, it's i just stumbled upon Oh, i just stumbled upon 50
3: 50 that's not a, com- it's not a, well, it's it's a, a comedy. Movie, it's, not a, it's not a well, like, it,
1: it's a great movie, but it, it's not a it's not a rom com. But like, it's a great movie. They try to do something. Yes, they, they.
3: But you understand what I'm getting at, which course, is that it like, feels like that was the last time that we had.
1: But maybe I'm wrong. But you're not really wrong. Like they would ne- like it's it's hard to believe that, that anyone would go straight at a rom com anymore. Like yes. Trainwreck is not going straight at a rom com. Yeah. Trainwreck is Amy Schumer being yes. Amy Schumer when Apatow being Apatow. and appetite being appetite and appetite being appetite, like Mindy Kaling would obviously love to do a romantic right. comedy but like if she does and when she does it's going to be Mindy Kaling movie
3: mm-hmm. it's going to be know? Four Weddings and a Funeral the what TV show that she
1: or you know like uh the fucking Day, uh the show she thing? did no but the show oh, she did, Mindy Project that was a romantic comedy that was five sure. seasons of a romantic comedy sure
3: I agree with that um I, I just I think that it's going to be I, it,
1: what I'm saying is yeah. it's going to be it's going to be creator driven Yes. Right. Yes. yes. A creator a like human, Mindy yeah. or or uh, Amy Schumer or, or you know Melissa McCarthy with Brad Falcone yeah. saying this is what I want to do, as opposed to a studio saying like Anna Kendrick looks cute with Channing Tatum, we should put them in a funny movie together.
3: You yeah, know, I agree with that. A funny ish movie together.
1: But yeah, I mean, when the end of towners love is- each other. Then there's a misunderstanding, <sighs> and someone placed a bet, and there shouldn't have been a bet. Then they find out about it, Then they hate each other, and then they come together at an airport. Um, Out of towners. I bet I would like the Rebel Wilson deconstructing movie, whatever it was called this it. year.
3: Ain't it romantic? Ain't it romantic? Something like that.
1: They did that. You know, they did that with uh, that Paul Rudd Amy Poehler movie.
3: Oh yeah, the they w- did. What was it? It was uh, kind of like isn't something it together.
1: Coming to come together. It, <laughs> it, was, it was a coming
3: joke. No, I don't think it was. Are you talking about the Amy Poehler Paul Rudd thing? I think it was like the. They came together. Yes, I knew they it was, came to-
1: yes, they came together. I knew it was a...
3: <laughs> yes, they came together. Oh, boy. Um, was it Rashida Jones in that? I don't think so. It sounds like something she would do.
1: Oh, she, she would... God, she would have such a different career. I just
3: realized that uh, I Love You, Man is a Freaks and Geeks reunion.
1: Yeah, it is.
3: I mean, not Paul Rudd, but, but the The uh, Rashida Jones. Rashida Jones.
1: God, if she was around <laughs> 20 years ago, would be the biggest rom-com star
3: yeah she's great she's, she's she's the best she's perfect yeah, she's awesome uh all right let's rate this fucking thing <laughs> i didn't see it in 99 let's base this turkey let's base this turkey uh or wh- wh- what is uh what does tom say on on succession let's what? is it something about a turkey when there when he's asking uh when he's in the conference room and logan's like who's for this merger and he's like yeah let's Let's do this turkey or something. <laughs> do this. It would obviously it be was. something like rug. Yeah. <laughs> something
1: ridiculous. I don't know. I was too busy in my footstool fiesta. So, oh, no. <laughs>
3: um, so. Uh, All right. Yeah, I didn't no, see this in 99. you uh, I didn't see it in 99 before this podcast. I was like a f- 29. That's nice. That's where I'm at. After this podcast, I mean, I'm in the same. I'm in the 20s with this. I mean, maybe, maybe low 30s. I don't. You're know. a little up. No, I mean, I maybe I think it's probably gotten worse. Give it a ranking for the letterbox. For the, letter, for the letterbox. For uh, After this podcast, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm. Here's what I'll say. Before this podcast, probably 30. After this podcast, let's say 27. I was. Uh, I, I watched the movie
1: and I just go. I just put it on. I just go 14. Right. A fucking 14. 14. All right. Fucking 14. Sure. And then I walked out and I thought, you know what? That's As harsh. I said early on, I mm-hmm. said it was 90 minutes and it didn't try to do anything that spectacular. I can't be that mean to it. So okay. I, gave it, I gave it a 22. I'm higher than you? Yes. I gave it a 22. Yeah. It's what I gave it. Okay. Um, I'm going to go a little higher for no reason other than, like, again, this is so inoffensive. It's like, inoffensive. Ultimately, yeah, so like ultimately, at the end of the day, it's inoffensive. I would never recommend this to
3: anybody. It's of like miserable,
1: not. but it's only 90
3: minutes. <sighs> See, that's an argument I've used and you throw back at me. I'm only giving it a 25.
4: <laughs> like, it's, not like,
3: it's not like I'm going to raise this to a 70. And so it's
1: a 25. Enough, the out enough. of towners are first trip to the dump. First trip to the dump yeah, we next like, week. Do we have like a
3: toilet bowl? Emoji, emoji? Play. I'm sure we have something. There's the, a the poop oh,
1: emoji, the pooch poop emoji. um
3: Next, we're going back to the dump.
1: Next time we're at the dump, ladies
3: and gentlemen. We're so going with, with monkeys to the dump,
1: gorillas. Right. So we don't know what we're going to know on Wednesday. Poop. So that's the, like just the other last part about this thing is like these are not going to.
3: This is its own thing. This is its
1: own thing. This is the Friday night dump. <laughs> this, is this is its own
3: dump. The dump. We the, love that you're in the dump with us. Yeah,
1: thank you for sticking around the dump this long. <laughs> Um, Please
3: come back to the dump for we, we, for Anthony Hopkins as a gorilla man. Yeah, we went sifting through the dump. and <laughs> We found an old DVD of Anthony Hopkins. We bought it on Amazon. It was brand new, right shrink wrapped. I went to Amazon the Sh- shipping so center. I. It was great.
1: As did I. Yeah. Anthony Hopkins, Cubuting Junior, in a film called Instinct. <laughs> little, little film called Instinct. Uh, it's our second trip to the dump. <laughs> I love the dump. The, like, right, yeah. What, the what, dump, what, man. what movies do you think are going to be in the dump? <laughs> Well, let's yeah. look. We should look. Actually, there's, there's, I have the 99 uh, movies I haven't done.
3: All right, let's do this real fast. Well, hold on. I'm pulling, this is I got to pull it up, I have too. It too. This is what you have to look okay. forward to in the dump, everybody. There's, I mean, there's a fair amount of movies in the dump. Elmo and Grouchland Is that in the dump? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's kind of amazing that you're putting it. Huh? I think The Adventures of Sebastian Cole will be in the dump. Uh, maybe. I think Astronaut's Wife might be in the dump. Could
1: be. Could be in the dump.
3: Uh, at First Sight that we, might yes that, that's for sure a, that's we know dump. bats going straight to the bats dump. bachelor D- direct to dump direct to dump <laughs> uh, bachelor's probably going in the dump where do you think big is gonna land i feel like we got to do that one legit because it's got a fucking monster in it so i guess interesting we're
1: gonna interesting live. breakfast of champions
3: see you no, in the dump. that's not gonna be in the dump you not I think, have a big, let's big a... we're gonna get someone on here we'll talk about oh, all right all right uh i do think that um oh boy Maybe Entrapment might be in the dump. No, come no? on. The, the, right. the gif
1: of the movie that's a gif? <laughs> the movie
3: that's a gif. Oh, you that's mean? a
1: gif. Foolish with Master P and Eddie
3: Griffin. Yeah. See you in the dump. <laughs> what about, uh, Trippin'? Is that what it was? Trippin' with Donald <laughs> Face on. That'll be in the dump. I think as that's well. gonna be in the dump. The dump. Yeah, uh, I think that Komodo is probably
1: in the dump. Komodo is <laughs> <laughs> made for the dump. Here's one. Yeah. Is Jacob Lauer going to be the dump? No, man. Too serious? We got to do it. Just a little harmless sex will be in the That'll dump. That'll be in the dump.
3: Just the ticket will be in the dump. I think the Mod Squad might be in the dump. Oh, yes, definitely. I, I think that uh, I love, love Stinks. stinks. <laughs> that's,
4: that's
1: yeah, Love
3: the Stinks. We might do that one soon. That We should do that one soon. Um, What else we got in here? I think 13th Floor might be a dump. Yeah, 13th Floor. Virus is probably a dump. Oh, yeah. Universal Soldier 2 is probably definitely, a dump. Definitely. <laughs> um, these these feel like dumpers. Dumpers.
1: We've yeah. we got tons. Twin got, Dragons, Jackie Chan. Yeah. dump. Twin Falls, Idaho. Don't even know what it is. That's see actually a dump. good
3: movie. Oh, we'll see in the dump. It might not be in maybe the dump. The,
1: maybe not in the dump. I would, You know, the thing is, like, I would have... I would Have um, I have the Beholder n- might be in the dump.
3: Have you seen I Have oh, the Beholder? Oh, that sounds like a dump movie. Have I would have nominated
1: Julian Donkey Beholder. Boy for the dump. And I think that's where Har- Harmony Karim would have wanted it to be. I think you would have wanted
3: to see it. Because a trash
1: humper. But, um. <laughs> it's one of my top 10 movies of the year so far.
3: Uh, I'm War, gonna I War's gotta read on? You Oh no, Warzone's a Tim Roth movie. Eye the beholder. You want I'm gonna read this to you just because this movie has a notoriously 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah. British spy Steve Wilson, played by Ewan McGregor, known as the Eye to his employees, is trailing Paul Hugo, played by Stephen McCarthy, as though that's a person I know, <laughs> for an assignment when he witnesses Paul being murdered by his girlfriend, played by Ashley Jed. Uh, haunted by the breakup of his marriage and his absent daughter Lucy Steve notices Joanna's resemblance to his child and dedicates decides to protect her as Joanna wanders the United States Steve follows and destroys evidence of her multiple killings uh it is uh notoriously a real bad movie that's probably a good one we should that. institute like a like a, a dump 25
1: roll? rotten tomato 25 rotten tomato ceiling well, that's interesting for the dump. yeah no
3: you can't be you can't be in the dump if you've got over 25 all right so everything in the dump would be
1: under 25 that sounds fair and maybe we'll like them. Dudley Do writes like, four, right?
3: Yeah, and we where's, fucking loved
1: it. Where's Inspector you going to be? Brad would uh, be happy to take it to
3: the dump. Would he?
1: Yeah, why not? So we could
3: do it in the dump. I mean, that movie is- Is it? Movie let's is see. We've got to check Rotten tomatoes. tomatoes. The love letter should also be in the dump, by the way. Uh, happy to do that. Is that to... In, what does that get on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, this, is, this is this is audio gold right now. 33 in Rotten Tomatoes. Unfortunately, it's too high. For the love letter, it's too yes. good. It's too high. <laughs> Don't, uh <laughs> however inspector gadget 21 we'll see you in the dump Woo! <laughs> see you in the dump see you in the dump
1: brother <laughs> all right i'm so happy about yeah, this, this. Great. Great. um all right well, thanks we'll, for listening we'll, and we'll only break up the dump when we you know do like freaks and geeks or the sopranos or west wing when we
3: yeah the dump is not gonna happen have the hybrid television the dr- yeah the, the dump is only happening in the gaps in between we're just trying to boost things. our listeners yeah maybe we'll do uh, a dump patreon dump a Patreon dump? <laughs> just the Patreon is just Friday Night Dumps? Friday, oh, so gross.
1: <laughs> I don't call it F- Friday Night Dumps. I call it the Friday Night Dump. <laughs> I, whatever. You, you want to split hairs? I, I'll tell you the difference. Fr- the Friday Night Dump is a, is a physical location where you send garbage. It's <laughs> true. It's Dumps. also what they do in, Friday Night Dumps are, it, that's poop.
4: <laughs> dumps <is> b-
3: <laughs> all right fine my apologies they used to do that in politics where they would dump something on a friday night but that was now, the whole idea. Now, now it's nothing now it's every week is the dump
4: yeah <laughs> <laughs>
3: trump is dumping on us yeah. every day every
1: day is the trump dump all right all right dumpsters thank you for listening See you uh, later. a little um, piece of trash. <laughs>
3: <laughs> for a podcast like
4: 1999
1: on <laughs> <laughs> yeah. thank you, you know you know you, you i mean i mean that with i mean that with, with all due respect Because my favorite character of all time is a piece of trash.
3: Forky. Forky, we're all trash. We're all a bunch of trash. Forky. Thank you for listening.